Hello, today I have lovely Victoria with me. Hi Victoria, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, I'm Victoria Dowd and I write Murder Mysteries. Um, they, they include the smart women. Um, there's a series of books. The first one's The Smart Woman's Guide to Murder. Second one's Body on the Island. And the third one is The Supper Club Murders, which you might be able to see there next to my crystal ball. <laughs> that is purely a decorative object, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of dark humour in a whodunit kind of Agatha Christie style, basically. And the Supper Club word is the one that I've read, um, either on my way to Harrogate or Scotland or somewhere on the train. Very nice. Yeah, with one or the other, I can't remember. I was stuck on the train for ages, so yeah, it was somewhere up. <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah, they are very Agatha Christie. <laughs> the one that I've read is anyway. <laughs> yes, that's the latest one. Although there's a fourth one coming out in a few months, I believe. Fabulous. And I believe one has just been recently voted for an award. Yes. Well, um, it's the body on the island is uh, it's got into the shortlist for the People's Book Prize. Uh, which people can vote for if anybody wants to. <laughs> it's at the People's Book Prize website. Just need to have an email address and obviously I've read the book. <laughs> um, but it, the Smart Woman's Guide to Murder won it last year. So I doubt very much that lightning will strike twice. <laughs> but it's worth a go, I suppose. So, yes, if you like the book, vote. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's brilliant. Congratulations. And fingers crossed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I think we get to actually go to a, an awards ceremony this time because last time when I won, it just came in a box to the house and I had a, a Zoom interview with somebody. That was it. No sparkly dress. No sparkly dress, no champagne, nothing. Well, I still had that bit actually at home. <laughs> that was in my jogging bottoms. Quite, yeah. Quite Oscar ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not the same, is it? <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> do you get to go even if you're shortlisted or do you have to be a winner to be? No, I think so. And I'll definitely kick up a stink and say I won it last year. <laughs> yeah. I need to come. I have to come. Because I think Frederick Forsyth used to give the awards out. I don't know if he comes out anymore though. <laughs> nowadays. Some people don't come out their house anymore, do they? So, yeah. It, that would be really good. It's at some fancy place in London in big banqueting hall and all that jazz. Although my family pointed out it was probably better to happen this way because it would happen after quite a big boozy meal. So it would be better for me not to get up on a stage and give a speech in that state because anything could happen. <laughs> I have a feeling that your family are talking from experience there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They have my best interests at heart, I'm sure. <laughs> or they just don't want to be embarrassed by you. Like, oh, she's yeah. again. We're not, we don't know her, it's fine. But nowadays, <laughs> nothing goes away, does it? You know, that piece of footage would be there forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> On a thousand mobile phones. <laughs> and YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. For all all of her. Tweeted till it's died. <laughs> oh bad time yeah it's not good there's nowhere to hide now <laughs> nah. 
I know. It's so much easier when we were children. Oh, that didn't have anything like that then. My kids still can't. In the olden days when you were young, (laughs) did they not have mobile phones? And that is something I'm finding a, a slight problem in my books now is how to isolate people in the modern world, you know? How many times can there be a snowstorm and knock out the communications, <laughs> Wi-Fi, all phones, any ability to call the police or the outside world? Because everybody, you know, even in the most remote areas has the ability to contact the outside world. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like to write a book set before that, but I don't know. I definitely advise that. <laughs> Yeah, it was easy. It was easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Sometimes it'd be nice actually, and then I'd go back to being able to read more instead of being distracted by everyone messaging. I know. I mean, I I have to turn off notifications and stuff because otherwise things are just pinging all the time. You know, I can't sleep with my phone in the room because something's always pinging or flashing or something's happening. <laughs> And they're usually rubbish, you know. <laughs> it's usually not important. Yeah, well, I mean, since I started doing these, then now my phone just doesn't shut up ever. I bet, I bet. Yeah. It must be constant, actually, because you've got there's quite a lot of members now, aren't there? Yeah, and you know, interviews book till next November. <laughs> as you do. I know. You're just going to be doing this forever now. Yeah, you know, I've accepted that it's just something that I do. Yeah. It's just part of my life. (laughs) Yeah. You never know. TV is beckoning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Set up your own channel. (laughs) Yeah. Perhaps radio. Not sure about TV. (laughs) Although radio is quite nerve-wracking, though, as well. I did a thing um, on the BBC, and they said, you know, like two minutes before I went on, would like you to do a reading of your book. Could I find my book? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite difficult. And then, the, you know, like, oh, you're going in and out. We need the Wi-Fi. And that was right at the beginning of everything, you know, when everyone was like, my Wi-Fi can't support anything. <laughs> I literally can't even get on the car, though. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I found that all quite quite stressful. I was so many times that I can't find my book when people want me to do something with the book. And one time I was due on to do a live reading. I had to go on and buy my own book online on a Kindle, download it onto my phone. Because <laughs> the, you know, the clock was ticking and I'm like, I can't find one anywhere. And then I dropped the phone or I think I moved the page. I didn't know quite how to move the pages properly. And it all skipped ahead whilst I was reading. So I had to make bits up <laughs> as I was going along. And it's just this awful bit of footage where I'm just, you know, going. And, and it was Body on the Island I was reading from. And, you know, I, I really sort of, you know, jazzed it up saying, oh, you know, there's going to be this shipwreck and it's really exciting. It was my favourite to write. And then I started and went off into one of our, and the waves, the waves were crashing around them. <laughs> it was wavy. <laughs> it just, you can hear a million people. Go, 
what is this? This is the worst book ever. <laughs> oh my god. To be fair, it's probably very similar to what I have written, but <laughs> oh god, yeah, I get that's the sort of thing I would do a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, there's always something like that going off or I'm dropping something or losing something where on my place or what I'm meant to be doing. And just as I went on for a book club interview with some people in Finland, I knocked over a glass of wine into my laptop and just fried it. And I was just sat here and the Zoom thing was still working. We were on and I'm trying to look all calm and collected, just watching my keyboard frying. <laughs> I'm trying to dab it off with post-it notes on my sleeve. <laughs> oh, my God. Survive. That laptop didn't survive. Thank God for the cloud. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't really remember what I asked you before, so I'm just going to ask you my like I think my newish questions and I don't think I've asked you so um I shall start by asking you okay if you were to take one of your characters out for a meal who would you take and what would you ask them oh that's a good question I think I would have to take Ursula because she is the narrator and I would ask them if she does see ghosts or not, or if she thinks she does. Because obviously there's this bit of a supernatural element to the books um, and the ghost of her father. She keeps seeing him, although it becomes increasingly obvious that even she's slightly aware that it is a manifestation of her grief, basically. Because I really didn't want to, I think a lot of murder mystery books kind of step over the issue of grief and death. And I really wanted to put that at the centre of the book. And it's really important to her um, how she feels about her father's death. And obviously it's very important to the first book. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd ask about that. And also how she feels about her mother. <laughs> oh, have a that could be. Easy, yeah, they have a that's... less easy relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole book in itself, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of the book so far, what was the most fun scene that you've written and what's been the most difficult? Well, the most fun scene is one I have just written, so it's not out yet, but I really, really loved it. And basically, I think we were talking earlier about I'm not, I don't particularly like police procedurals or writing them because I'm not very good at that sort of thing. But for this one, I have set it in a courtroom. So I'm not so much dealing with police procedure, but I am dealing with legal procedure. And it starts with the murder trial um, of the person who's been accused of the murder. So it kind of goes backwards in time. And you see the evidence from different angles. And then you see what her recollection is of what happened at the time and how the evidence is differing. But it starts off basically involving something that Bridget has in her handbag that ends up in one of the barrister's wigs. Um, and I won't go too far, but there is also a snake skin condom involved. <laughs> so, the, yeah, 
that was great fun to write. I loved writing that. And as and the little bits, I like the little bits with Charlotte, actually. I love writing those where she doesn't really understand popular culture or anything, really. And she hasn't heard of various people. Um, so she missteps quite a lot of the time. And they're really fun to write. They're just little tiny throwaway bits. I love doing her. So, for instance, in the third one, um, she in the fourth one, she ends up um, at a crime writers convention, um, which says you know, the invitation. Pandora says to address fancy. So she goes dressed as Sherlock Holmes because she realized she thought that it being a crime writers convention, it was fancy dress as well. So, and then she doesn't have anything on underneath. And, you know, it kind of goes on. For, and I love those bits. I love writing kind of comedy in situations where there shouldn't really be any comedy in kind of like a funeral parlor or something like that. I really love because that awkward moment of, oh my God. But I think the most difficult scene might give too much away. But at the end of the third one, the supper club murders, not all the smart women survive. So that was pretty hard to write. Um, did get a bit of sort of, oh, my God, I can't believe what you've done. How could you? Um, you know, killing off one of your main characters is actually quite harder than you think it's going to be. But, yeah, that was the most difficult bit, I think, so far. But no one's safe. <laughs> That's the best way, though, I think. Um, you know, especially for readers, if you think that the author might kill off one of your favourite characters at any point, then mm -hmm. I think it makes it, it more fun to read. Yeah, I have to avoid the animals. I can't, can't do that. That's 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 a bridge too far. I think there's a lot of websites about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and some people are like, "But I've just tortured a child or something, you know, horrendously, and you're moaning at me for killing a dog." Yeah, like, yeah, do right. Don't touch <laughs> the dogs. Don't you be killing them. No, no. Mine disappear off camera because Bridget has various pets in her menagerie um, and they're going to get slightly weirder <laughs> I've got a monkey in the third book though I loved the monkey my little uh, monkey yeah that was great I loved him yeah. <laughs> very naughty monkey yeah <laughs> yeah that was good fun um, if you were to send your team off to solve or investigate an old case that hasn't been solved which one would you like oh that's a good question I think I'd have to choose something to do with Jack the Ripper I think that's probably one lots and lots of people choose um I'm not quite sure why I used to be quite fascinated by it um and the whole from hell thing and the graphic novels and all that sort of thing but it would be quite interesting it'd obviously be quite dark but I think they kind of quite fit in because they're you know quite a tight group of women very similar to you know a lot of the people who are in from hell um and that group how I would get any comedy into that though I don't know <laughs> I mean I suppose they did a bit of Sweeney Todd but <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> I reckon not, you could. <laughs> how we get Aunt Charlotte not really knowing who Jack the Ripper was. <laughs> but I think it'd have to be something quite far back because um, I don't kind of read the the sort of cold cases where people are still alive. I find that a bit too difficult for me, I think. Yeah. Um, if you were to be a character in one of your books, which book would you choose? Ooh, let's think. Well, I think I definitely, my favourite book is, is Body on the Island, um, the second one. So I think I might choose, um, well, On the Island. I think I'd have to choose one of the smart women and I'd probably choose Pandora because I think she gets the best snarkiest lines out of everybody and she kind of effortlessly drifts through it all um without too much stress um but yeah I think I'd have to choose her I think that's who pe most people would say <laughs> I was like. <laughs> although I do like in the third one Lady Lady Marsha Black is absolutely horrific um owns this big castle is absolutely gauche ripping out the library to put a gym in it <laughs> she's just she's yeah she's fantastic I love her <laughs> yes yeah she was yes exactly what you don't <laughs> like you know <laughs> um I totally forgot I was gonna ask you now I've <laughs> lost my train of thought <laughs> um do, have you had any weird or funny feedback or reviews? Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, constantly. I mean, I don't read too much of them now because you can get pretty obsessed, you know. Um, and there's, the, you know, there's the mostly, thank God, so good. Um, but well, obviously when I killed off a main character, I got a bit of, I got a few messages saying, you evil woman. <laughs> I think they were, I think they were well meant. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, just odd ones, like people who want to kind of rewrite them in a way. So someone said on the last, I don't understand why anybody would set a whodunit in a country house in the snow. This person's obviously not British because it doesn't snow in England. And why would you put a whodunit in a country house? Now, is that not the ideal location? And he said, why not put them in a spa? <laughs> and then other people get overexcited because obviously the character's not meant to be nice. I didn't want them to just be nice. They are, you know, meant to be slightly spiky. Um, this guy just went into, um, I hated everybody so much. I even wanted to kill the dog. So, yeah, I do get some odd things. I get people asking about what, what Ursula's doing now. And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> She's in a book. She's not sitting with me. <laughs> yeah, I do get a few kind of, yeah odd odd thing I suppose that most authors do really especially if they write odd books like mine <laughs> oh wow yeah that's um 
slightly terrifying. (laughs) I did get somebody who said, I'm round the corner from you. Uh, Can I come for a cup of tea to talk about Agatha Christie? No, no, not not exactly, no. And they took a picture and they were indeed round the corner from me. So I think they were well meaning. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose you have to think that, otherwise you wouldn't sleep. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yeah, that's, um... yeah, okay. (laughs) And I did recently, I spoke at... um... Because I obviously I love Agatha Christie and I write about that a lot as well. And I do the Adapting Agatha series, all about adaptations. And I went to the International Agatha Christie Festival, went to speak there. It was brilliant because it was one of the first festivals to actually be live after all the lockdowns and stuff. It was fantastic. Pretty nerve wracking because they're all experts you know they know everything they know how many cups of tea she had when she wrote murder on the orange express there's not one thing they don't know um but my first question out the traps was um i was talking about and then there were none she said agatha christie wrote a lot of unpleasant characters um did she ever know anybody who was unpleasant Yeah, I I wasn't prepared for that one. That sideswiped me a bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of them questions where you're like, um, it really had to bite back the sarcasm, I would imagine. Which is hard for me, I must say. (laughs) I know. I mean, you know, I work in retail and some of the questions we get asked and sometimes I'm just like... Really? (laughs) You know... What's in a sausage roll? Yeah. <laughs> How do you make a sausage, sausage. roll? <laughs> or what's in a cheese and onion pasty? Well, cheese and onions. Like... Brilliant. Or a standard in a shop or you open. So we just walk through the doors, the lights are on, there's other people. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty <on>. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't hold my sarcasm back at work very well, but I mean, seriously. <laughs> why? Why? You don't need to. There's no need to. Oh, well, until I get fired, probably. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and on a weirder side, do you know Peter Boone? I do, yes. Because uh, he's a massive Agatha Christie fan. So oh, I wondered if you'd come across him. I have, yes, I have, yes. And he's a sweetheart as well, isn't he? Yes, he's lovely. I did a panel with him, actually, uh, a while ago. I can't remember what for. I think it might have been for a festival. Um, But, yeah, that was great fun Uh, because he writes sort of comedy stuff as well. Yeah, um, I'm going to speak to him next week, hopefully. Fantastic. Say hello. I will. I was winding him up because he's let me down twice. But he had COVID or something and something else like really serious. And I was like, well, don't let me down again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I had genuine reasons. So I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Just don't let me down. <laughs> you have to be here. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, it's unacceptable. So the poor yeah. Peter, that sounds awful. I did know he'd been poorly, yeah. Yeah, and his partner as well, I think, was quite yeah. poorly for a while. So yeah, bless him. Right. <clears throat> I decided to wind him up. It amuses me. <laughs> He takes it quite well, so it's fine. <laughs> um, when you're editing your books, what's your most overused word or phrase? 
。おお。うん。I think probably as if or the And I, I find myself putting, and she walked as if. And you think, no, she didn't take that out. <laughs> she just walked. We don't need that. We don't need as if or though. And I put those in a lot. There is controversy over one word I keep putting in, but they are adamant doesn't exist as a word. Slaring. Now, I think to slare, you do, you just kind of slip and slide through something like wet leaves or whatever. But then, like, no, slaring doesn't exist. So I think that might be a dialect thing sometimes, because I come from Yorkshire originally. Sometimes bits and pieces that I say that, what is this? What is this? Oh, okay. So it's a Yorkshireism. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the people of the North. <laughs> um. If your series was ever to be put on TV, do you have an idea in your head of who you would cast? Very good. Oh, let me think. Who would be good? <laughs> I think for someone like、um, Ursula, she's quite,、um, well, she's, she's very kind of、uh, dark, thin. So I would say she's, she'd probably be someone like Eva Green. Who, she's quite darkly mysterious. You're not sure what exactly is, is going on with her there.、Uh, so I think she'd make quite, quite a good Ursula.、Um, there was a young woman who I saw and thought, oh, you look very much like. And she, I can't remember her name, but she's in a program called Delicious with、um, Dawn French. And it's the daughter in that. So yeah, she would make a very good Ursula. She'd be absolutely brilliant. But Aunt Charlotte, I kind of had in mind Geraldine James, that kind of like Margaret Rutherford sort of character, blustering around in tweeds and all that sort of thing. I think I've got to have Miriam Margoyles in there somewhere as well, just because I love her so much. <laughs> oh my God, she's hilarious. She might make a very good Aunt Charlotte as well. She'd be really good.、Um, And I think, yeah, and I kind of had in mind for Bridget somebody who is, is very similar to a kind of Dolores Umbridge type of lady, very, very fastidious and prim. So, yeah, she would make a good, she'd make a very good Bridget. Yeah. I don't know about、yeah. the dog. They'd have to cast for the dog. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I know the Harry Potter films and it's all fiction, but Dolores Umbridge is just. Odious, just awful. I hate her, and I know it's a character, yeah. And obviously, she's played it. I just I hate her, she's perfect. awful. She's <laughs>、yeah. perfect. She is, to be fair, she played that to perfection. But oh my god, yeah. And I、That's、think、so、maybe Pandora would have to be someone like Gillian Anderson, you know, quite calm, cool, quite icy, or someone of that ilk. <laughs> <laughs> And would you like to see them made into a TV or a film?、Um, would you be happy to hand over the reins? Oh, yes, completely. I did a, did a screenwriting <laughs> course because I thought that might be quite fun to turn. And what I learned was it's incredibly hard. It would take a long time to learn how to do this properly. And there are obviously people who, you know, adapt books much better. Than I could adapt my own book. And it was really difficult. I loved doing it and I would love to see them on screen. I think most 
most authors would like Agatha Christie who didn't want to have them on screen <laughs> but um I suppose the problem is is your vision going to be the same as their vision ultimately or are they going to do it in a completely different way and you'd be horrified and like oh god no ruined yeah <laughs> but actually I wouldn't care <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'd be completely happy to hand over the reins to anybody yeah because um do you know Imran Mahmood and his books being uh released this weekend or I think and uh, it's such a unique book. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it, but I hope that they don't yeah. ruin it because it's just incredible the way that it's written. So be interesting. <laughs> yes. I think it's, you know, doing all the Agatha Christie stuff and I talk about adap- adaptations, people have such a different idea of what a book should look like and how it should come out. So, for instance, with And Then There Were None, I, I think most people would have thought that the the Aidan Turner version with Charles Dance was absolutely brilliant, really dark, updated it, but stayed true to the book. There's lots of people who don't like it. There's people who don't like David Suchet as Poirot, <laughs> which I find extraordinary. And one guy who's really adamant that, oh, he's never read the books. He's never read Murder on the Orient Express. So I found a copy of him actually reading it on an audiobook. He went, no, no, I don't think people who narrate audiobooks actually listen to what they're reading. <laughs> I think some people just can't be persuaded. Oh, I know. If they think they're right, then that's it, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say to that. <laughs> um Random question. If a genie was to give you three wishes, what would you choose? Oh, three wishes. I think the first stuff to be, you know, health and happiness for my family, always. I know that's a bit of a boring one, isn't it? So, but I've, I've got to have that one. Um, and that they, you know, get what they want from their lives, find their path, and are happy. Um, but in terms of the books, I think that they just, you know, they, they continue to be successful and that they're you know bringing some happiness to some people some of the time (laughs) and yeah I think also maybe to have another series of books might be quite fun if I could invent something else at the same time I know people do that but you know to just keep having the books coming out is you know beyond most writers dreams you know it's it is a dream come true to have your books published and out there and people reading them so I suspect my big wish would be for that to continue for as long as possible really so I can be an old cranky woman in a bath chair I remember when I wrote my first book (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you collect anything I collect anything. Well, obviously, I collect Agatha Christie books um, and different series of those, and also um, Penguin Green crime classic books. Um, I like those. I've got quite a big collection of those. So it's all pretty book based, you know. I don't have sort of ornaments or anything like that. Well, I do a few, but they're not, you know, I don't actually collect those. But yeah, mostly kind of classic crime books. I'm always on the lookout for something new, something 
interesting something i haven't read before which is quite a lot because there's so many crime books <laughs> particularly from the kind of golden age of detection there's a lot of lot of books out there in that genre i am um, i had a look on etsy recently and um i've got a, DV, a cd of um out of print books um and really old uh, some forensics and stuff I haven't looked at it yet but that was it was only three pounds as well so but it's got over 200 books I think on it so wow yeah that's I'm quite brilliant. looking forward to having a look and seeing what's on there that's fantastic yeah really wow. cool good old Etsy <laughs> yeah <coughs> yeah so uh, yeah that's cool I'll have to have somewhere of my own I think before I can start really collecting but yeah, it's bad enough already. It's quite hard when you've got yeah limited <laughs> space and or any space. <laughs> you can always fill the space with books. Yeah, it's like shall I single line them or do I need to double up because there's so many? Oh. <laughs> um, so you're working on book four, and then do you know what you're going to do after that? <laughs> well, book four is finished, and with the publishers so lots of editing will be happening um there is a plan for book five involving um a particular character who comes back and is yeah somebody who a lot of people really really liked and they're coming back and there's going to be quite a dramatic coming back um and possibly even a wedding which i thought might be quite nice to take it off and because the benefit of doing a series is you can give them a lot of backstory and you can really fill out their lives rather than being constrained by, you know, just 80,000 words. So I can take them on different little routes as well through their lives. And there's going to be another smart woman who arrives in the group who is the mother of somebody. So that's quite exciting. Um, I have also been working on my short stories quite a lot. So I've got one coming out, uh, a Christmas ghost story, because I write a lot of ghost stories. Um, so I've got a few of those coming out, and I'm working very slowly <laughs> towards a collection um, of those, which I'd love to do, but that's quite, quite hard because... They, you know, collections of short stories, getting those together is, is, is quite a lot of hard work. And it'll be, you know, 20 years with, of work. Um, and also to think about um, maybe some sort of standalone book as well, because I like my gothic fiction. So, But there's uh, so many different plans. They're never all going to come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you never know, just... Not for a while. No. And, the, you know, keeping the smart woman's guide and keeping the the pace with how fast they come out takes, you know, a lot of hard work to get them coming out that regularly. Yeah. Well, I can't think of any more questions unless you think there's anything I haven't asked that you want to tell us. No, I think that's covered a lot of it <laughs> to look forward to. There's so many things I never think about until I talk about them to other people and they ask questions about it and you do think oh I hadn't thought about that yeah so it tends to open up all new ideas <laughs> so thank you very much you're very welcome so would you like to just remind everyone where they can get your books and where they can find out more about you yes I've got a website victoriadow.com I think everybody's got a website these days haven't they 
<laughs> even my cat probably but um yeah my my latest book is the supper club murders that's available from amazon waterstones bookshops generally and that's there um there's body on the island is the second one and the smart ones guide to murder is the first one Body on the Island is up for the People's Book Prize. If you would like to hop over there and vote for me, that would be very, very nice. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>